The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, good afternoon, everyone on the East Coast, and good morning, everyone on the West Coast. I am Patricia Raskin, and we have a really great guest and great book for you today. My guest is Charmaine Hammond. She is the author of the best-selling book, On Toby's Terms, published by Betty Young's Publishers in September of 2010. It's actually in development for a major motion picture and will be coming to theaters to you soon. And you can log on to, on to, um, Toby's Terms. On Toby'sTerms.com. On Toby'sTerms.com. Welcome, Charmaine. Thank you. It's great to be with you today. Thank you. Now, this book is autobiographical, actually, except that Toby can't write, because it's really your story. <laughs> yeah, Toby is, is actually a dog. Yeah, that's right. I'm having trouble hearing you. Can you hear me now? Are you there? I am. Okay, now I've got you. Okay, and so this is really your story. It is. All right. Well, how did this all happen, and why are we calling this on Toby's terms? The dog has life on his terms? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the story of Toby is kind of an interesting one. We adopted him when he was five, and uh, he came to us almost perfect. And then after about six months uh, after having Toby, he's a Chesapeake Bay Retriever, and after six months of having Toby with us, he turned into this completely different dog. He became a wrecking machine. <laughs> he he mm. owes us lots of money. He damaged our house and turns on water taps and sits in bathroom sinks and does really weird things when we're at work. Hmm. <laughs> well, you didn't throw him away. You kept him. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did. That's one of the lessons we later learned after, you know, struggling with how are we going to keep this dog and how are we going to get his behavior under control. It took such an incredible amount of patience. And this dog was, you know, always, he always seemed to be thinking of things before we figured him out. And how did you, what was the process of changing Toby's behavior? Well, uh, Chris, my husband, came home one day from work, and the house was so badly destroyed that he actually called the neighbor over to come and look at the house because he, th- he really, truly thought there had been a crime that had happened in the house. So Heather, the neighbor, comes over, and they sort of assess this incredible damage. There wasn't one room that wasn't damaged or uh, touched, and we wow. knew we had to get help. It was just terrible, and we had to figure out what was going on with the dog. So we called in a behaviorist, and her name was Maggie. And the day we called Maggie in was the day that everything changed for the better. 
And what did Maggie do? Oh, uh, she, you know, she came in and she says to us, just pretend I'm not here. And you know how hard it is to pretend that someone's not in your home. And she just simply watched Toby in his own environment and how he was interacting with Christopher and I and, and what he was doing. And she was really intrigued by the bizarre way that Toby eats his food. And basically what he does is he eats a little kernel and then he wanders around the house and checks on my husband Chris, myself, mm. all of his toys, and then comes back for another piece. And he would just do this repeatedly. And Maggie mm. thought, wow, he seems to have this unusual need to take care of people. And, you know, I hadn't clued into that. His first donors, who loved him very much and, and sadly had to surrender Toby to foster care when there was a change in the family, but they loved him a lot, and they were senior citizens, and we think that Toby's job with them was probably taking care of them and knowing where they were at all times. And the second observation she made was just so profound, and this is where Toby's life really changed. She, she identified for us that Toby needed to have a purpose, that he needed a job. Mm. And we thought, that's kind of weird, a dog with a it's, job. It's I mean, interesting I <laughs> that she could see that. You know, she saw beyond where someone else might have said, you know, take this dog away. She saw the ingenuity in, in a sense of the dog. She did, and that was what was so interesting. You know, we had worked with her on a couple of, you know, the, the basic training, like obedience training, and, and then when she met, to that was afterwards, but she, what she saw in Toby that day, the first time ever meeting him, was this, um, this sort of desire to want to know where we were at all times and to know that everything in the house was okay. And she, despite all of his damage to the house, she could see immediately that Toby with people was incredibly um, gentle. That's amazing. And how long did it take her to train the dog? What's that, sorry? How long did it take her to train the dog? Well, it was really interesting. We put him, he came to us with, um, I guess he would call it obedience training. So he knew all the basic commands, sit, stay, come, lie down. It was all the commands that he, when we weren't there, it's given the commands. But we put him through a couple of obedience classes with her, and he did phenomenal. He was, he, you know, he really, he really aced his tests. And then, and then what we did is she suggested he become a pet-assisted therapy dog. And, you know, to oh, be really amazing. honest, I was a little leery about that. I, I hadn't considered changing our life around to get my dog a volunteer job. <laughs> wow. But we and did. How, did, how did he, a, a pet-assisted therapy dog? Mm-hmm. Now, what does that do? What does, what does that mean? Well, what Toby does, we, we got him uh, certified, so he went through a battery of different tests, which were basically designed to uh, not only test his temperament and his ability to respond to me and follow my direction, but also my ability to give good direction to Toby. So it was really a team test. And what Toby does now is every Wednesday he volunteers in a local hospital, it's a mental health facility for adults, and it's the perfect job for him because he's working in the recreation program, so he goes to the same unit. He's been doing it almost four years, and he mm. goes to the same unit, and he inspires people to get out of bed and get up and walk. And, and, and how does he do that? <laughs> this is the part that's so intriguing to me. He just, we didn't, we didn't train him to do that. He just 
somehow intuitively knows what people need. But what he does is he usually comes into the hospital and lets out two massive barks. And this dog, you know, the room vibrates when he barks. Amazing. Oh, this reminds me of a seeing eye dog in a way. Yeah, you know. You know how the seeing eye dog really understands the person's needs. Completely, and, and it's like an intuitive sense. Not a, and, and certainly the senile dogs get so much more training, but you're right. They've got this intuitive sense about people and, and what's safe and unsafe for them. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about the importance of passion and purpose in this book. What do you mean? Mm. What I discovered, the first day I took Toby to the hospital, he was a little nervous. And um, I, was, I was nervous as well because I, I'd never partnered up with him in this way for a job, and it was a volunteer job. The moment we walked through the door, I opened the door, and I'm holding on to his leash, and it was as if this dog kind of stepped into his role. He knew exactly what to do, and I watched his eyes get bright, and the dynamics in the room changed within minutes. And I thought, that's what purpose looks like. You know, he's mm. just stepped into it. And then I thought from a workplace perspective, because I'm a speaker and a trainer in my real world outside of this, uh, outside of the Toby's book, and um, I thought how beautiful that is for us in the workplace when we can bring our best version of ourselves to work and be passionate. Well, purposeful. I, I mean, for me, the message is clearly, you know, it would be like having a, a misbehaved child or a child who is problematic or a child with ADD or, you know, a number of things. It could be an autistic child and turning that around so that not only does the child benefit, but so do the parents, and so that you really understand the gifts. And that's what you've done with the dog. I mean, the dog, you know, it could have been we're getting rid of this dog because it's destroying everything, and instead you turned it around, and the dog has taught you lessons as well as helping many other people. What are some of the lessons you've learned? Well, one of them was about patience. I'm one of those people that really kind of likes to have quick results, and, and you know, Toby is not a quick result dog. It took a lot of time to to work with him and a lot of repetition and consistency. You know, even little things that every time we leave our house, we have to close every door in the house so we can't, you know, get in and turn taps on and break toilet tank lids. And if we miss that step, sometimes we come home to a little problem. So I had to be patient and recognize that uh, sometimes my actions uh, created inconsistency for the dog. That was one lesson around patience. The other was around uh, commitment that, you know, we had to decide that we were going to go on full on with this dog and we were going to do what it took to, you know, make Toby's life better. We really didn't want him to go through yet another change, you know, going to another family and back to foster care. And so we needed to be committed to him. And in doing so, it really enhanced my relationship with my husband because we got on the same page. You know, there was a lot of discussions and disagreements between us about Toby. And we got on the same page, and our relationship just flourished. That's something. It's amazing. And the dog actually helped you and your husband's relationship. He did. He, he so did. Uh, you know, we had to, we discovered that we needed to communicate better together because if we were disagreeing about Toby, he may have felt that disagreement, and he would act out or try and do things to make the situation better. But I think when we all came together, when, when Chris and I came together to make Toby's life better, not only did he get a volunteer job, but then I ended up writing this book. And, and now Toby, 
who was at one point destroying toilet tank lids, is now presenting in schools and sharing mm. messages about kindness and unconditional love with students. And, you know, it's, it's beautiful. Isn't that really, that's really special. It what is. inspired you to write the book? I mean, there have been movies made that are similar to this, mm-hmm. correct? That, yeah, there's a lot of dog movies. And, you know, the one difference we discovered, actually we read a book signing and we kept getting the, ask, the question, um, is, does what happens to Toby at the end? And I said, well, this is Toby right here because Toby photographs books at book signings. And, you know, we said, this is Toby. He's still here. He's alive and well. And we discovered that that's one difference between On Toby's Terms and many of the other pet books, which is where a pet sadly dies at the end. And Toby's still here. You know, he's 10 years old almost. But, uh, you know, what inspired me to write the book it was sort of a serendipitous moment. I was speaking in San Diego and met this publisher, Betty Young's Books, who was the publisher of our book. And I was going to, she had asked me to write a chapter on another book she was writing. And the topic was around conflict management. And that's what my area of expertise is. And I started writing the book, or the chapter, sorry. And I just, you know, I was really struggling. I couldn't get into it. And I was not being creative, and it really showed. And the publisher said, you know, I think we'll just kind of close the chapter to this book. You're not passionate about it. And here again was this theme of passion and purpose reoccurring in my life. And she asked what I would write about, and I had no idea. I wasn't thinking of writing a book. And so I shared all these crazy stories about Toby and all these beautiful lessons we'd learned about him over dinner. And she said, I think that's the book. And she sent me a publishing contract. So that's how mm. we got started. <laughs> and that's something. You weren't even looking for that. It just came to you. That's exactly what happened. And, and since having Toby in our life, we have had so many of these similar type serendipitous moments where we weren't looking for something or we weren't looking for someone. And they come into our life. And so Toby has just, you know, enriched our life in so many mm. ways. Do you have children? We don't, and and a lot of people say, wow, you know, having Toby sounds just like having a kid. <laughs> mm. Which is really special. Who's the hero in this whole story? Is it Toby? You know, it, you're right. It is Toby. He, You know, he went from being this wrecking machine to just this dog that, uh, you know, brings happiness wherever he goes, and he really is a hero, and, you know, I, we're really proud that he's worked through, he came to us, obviously, with issues. And, you know, he's obviously so comfortable and confident now that he doesn't feel the need to destroy our home when we're not there. He's coping better with his separation anxiety. And, and we've also learned that, you know, we, we have changed our behavior to support him as well. But he really is the hero of the story. What would be one tip from Toby that you can share with our listeners? Mm. One tip I would share is about authenticity. What I love about Toby is that he simply shows up in life as himself. And we don't always know what that's going to mean, which can be a little bit scary when I've got him at a presentation to a company or, you know, in front of uh, 500 students at a school. We never know what he's going to do. But what's so beautiful about Toby is he shows up in life as the best version of him. And he's always authentic. And that has been such a gift for me to be able to show up in my world that way being truly myself and just being authentic, being me. Mm-hmm. Well, and often we say that about animals because they, you know, they have no agenda. 
and they will love you forever, even if they get mad or you get mad at them. So it's, it's that behavior that sometimes we wish we could copy a little more. That is so true. And, and you know, I, I think when, when we act authentically, we work, or work and life in general is just so much easier. We don't seem to have that same type of resistance. We don't seem to have um, struggles to deal with in the same way, or, or maybe we just cope differently with them. So I think authenticity has so many benefits. Mm. What's Toby up to now? I know you, you know, you're working on the book and the speaking tours and how's your little star handling all this? Well, he, you know, he, he's snoring. I, I'm surprised you can't hear him. He's laying on the floor snoring. For some reason, whenever I do an interview, he finds his way into the, the room I am and his tail just wags the whole time. But he, uh, right now, his life is just rich. He, we're on a speaking tour, so we've been to many different schools, elementary right up to, to high school, and he, he loves the time he has with children. And we've done a number of book signings, which is really fun for him. We created a, what we call a potograph. It's a spring-loaded oh, so stamp that Toby pushes down with his paw. It's quite hilarious to see. And I saw course, it on the video. I thought that was great. <laughs> Did you see that, that was on great. video? Yes. <laughs> now, now how, do you, how do you work this out when you fly? Do you put him on a plane with you? Well, you know, I kind of have a secret fear about, you know, Toby the Wrecking Machine would take the plane down and eat his way out of the kennel. So we actually Mm -hmm. have not flown him with him. We just go places that we can drive. And he travels so well from Alberta, where we live in Canada, to California, which was our most recent tour, is about a 30-hour drive. And, of course, we break that up over a few days. But he traveled amazingly. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like as long as he's with us, he's... He's okay. Isn't that great? Although he still has his moments. Last Monday, my husband called me. I was at a speaking engagement, and Chris said, you're, you're, left a message, your dog has destroyed my office. And I thought, really, how bad can it be? And I got home, and Toby had chewed off the corner of a table and taken Chris's computer apart. Thank goodness it still oh, worked. No. So that's, you know, sometimes we still Now, have how have challenges. you learned to discipline him so that he doesn't do that? Well, what did you learn from the trainer in that sense? Yeah, there was a few great strategies that Maggie gave us. One of them that works so well is that we give Toby a special teddy bear, and the only time he gets it is when we're leaving the house. So he doesn't play with this. It's not like a toy that we would play with with him. And when we're leaving the house, we'll give him that bear and tell him to take care of the bear or guard the bear. And, you know, we think what he does is he spends his day nurturing and cleaning this this stuffed animal because we get it home and it's just dripping wet with you know Mm. (laughs) toby goober and and then he brings it to us as if his job is done and we also Mm. have learned that if we turn on the radio and this was another suggestion if we turn on the radio it seems to block out some of the outside noises that perhaps toby was becoming either nervous of or figuring that he had to do something so we those two tips have worked amazingly for toby I wonder about uh, soft music, atmospheric music, wave-type music. That's, yeah, that's what we've been putting on, not anything that's kind of loud and, and sharp music, just something easy listening, and it kind of plays without a, lot of a, 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 without a lot of interruption with commercials and talking, and it seems to really are work we, for him. Yeah, and aren't there also um, videos, I know, for cats and dogs? I, you know, we, I've seen those. I've seen those on TV. I haven't tried one, but that's an interesting suggestion. Yeah. What was the most valuable tip that the trainer gave you for Toby when you were 
converting Toby's behavior from destructive to productive? <laughs> you know, there were so many. One of them was about consistency, that, that um, we had to be so consistent in our routines. And a great example I can give you is, is one day I was leaving for work and I was, I was running late and I had just heard on the radio that there's a traffic jam. So I'm sort of rushing out the door and I didn't do my normal routine. I didn't, um, give Toby, I didn't give Toby the direction to guard the house, which is the command we always say so he knows we're coming back right away. And I didn't say I'm going to work. And Toby seems to know if we say I'm going to work, that's a longer period of time than when we say we're going shopping. He can, he's learned to kind of differentiate shopping as a short trip, work as a longer time. How do you know, how do you know that? Well, how we know is his, he seems more relaxed when we leave and there's less destruction. Or there, mm-hmm. at the time when, when the destruction was daily, there was less destruction. And the, and the trainer helped us understand that dogs actually have a really good uh, ability to have a strong vocabulary. We just have to be so consistent. So on that day, I, I basically rushed out and said goodbye to him. And as I'm driving, you know when you get that inkling? <laughs> and I thought, oh, no, I didn't, I didn't shut the bathroom door. I didn't tell him to guard the house. And I rushed, and I bet there's going to be a problem. And when Chris came home a couple hours at lunch, of course, Toby had emptied the closet and broke one of the toilet tanklets. Mm. And so I learned that a lot of what we could do for Toby was create consistency and predictability. And that was probably the best tip that she gave us. And it, it takes and a lot wouldn't of work. You, wouldn't you say that that's a great parenting tip in general? Oh, I, I so agree with you. It's a great parenting tip. It, it even is important in our workplaces, you know, when we have that consistency and that congruence and predictability. It helps people function better. So let's tell people how they can get your book and also about this upcoming movie based on Toby. Great. Well, Toby has his own website. He's a very technical dog. <laughs> He's got his own website, which is named after the book on tobysterms.com. And Toby is T-O-B-Y. He's also on Facebook and, and Twitter. And the book is available at the local bookstores as well as Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and um, Indie Books online. And, and tell me about the movie. The movie. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> We, and when uh, is that happening? The, I think the hope is that it's going to happen um, hopefully later this year. And the production company that is taking this on are just incredible. They're Impact Motion Pictures out of California. And they had read the book prior to it going to print and, and um, wanted to provide us an endorsement, a testimonial for the cover of the book. And as it got closer to printing, they changed their beautiful endorsement to include that they were excited about bringing it to film. So over the last number of months, we've had the chance to get to know them. And, and um, you know, the screenplay is, is uh, being developed. And, and Isn't that wonderful? Now, will this be a major motion picture? Yeah, it will. And, and Do you know it's who's so in exciting. it? Do you know who's playing you? <laughs> we don't know who's playing me yet, but we're getting closer and closer. And we think Toby will have a cameo in there. A lot of times people ask if Toby will play himself. And I always say to people, you know, we just got him to stop breaking toilet tank lids and stop chewing up things and, you know, pulling our closets apart. So I'd be happy to have some other dog do that, and Toby can just play himself. Do you know who's going to play Toby? You know, the producers were saying it's probably going to be about four different dogs that would, between four and six, that would take on... um, Toby's role, and then he'll have a cameo in the movie as well. Great. Thanks so much for being on the program, Charmaine. It's just delightful. 
Uh, thank you so much, Patricia. It was so nice. Yeah, to work and with the you name today. of the book is On Toby's Terms. Yes, and it's on Toby'sTerms dot com. That's correct. All right. Well, stay on the line. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right, folks. Remember, uh, the dog certainly can be man's best friend, and look how uh, this dog has really helped a family. It's really uh, incredible, and it's going to be a major, major motion picture. All right, remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin for Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. Write to me, Patricia at patriciaraskin.com. Bye for now. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 